Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are an alliance is formed. What does this mean for the future of the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12? The NBA will be back with a normal 82-game schedule. The Fire Brigade gives you their games to look out for. The NFL season is almost here. The guys preview the NFC North. A couple of QB battles have been decided in the NFL. And finally, we wrap up with the blazing bets of the week. With that, I give you our chief of our Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Thursday night in Delaware, Ohio. Beautiful day today. Um, like Colton said, we're going to kind of go across a pretty broad range of sports here for you tonight. We're going to start out with the um, the news of the ACC, Big Ten, and the Pac-12 forming an alliance. Um, what What's this mean to you guys? What what's, What is an alliance? I guess I'm looking for a definition here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what uh, you know. What I, I think it has to do with a lot of a lot of power here. Um, yeah, it's definitely a power play. <clears throat> with with you know, I think it's a, a a direct result that you're seeing now from the SEC poaching two of the biggest members from the Big Twelve in uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming now. You know, in 2025, I believe it is uh, coming over to the SEC. So they're adding two more you know power teams to their conference, and uh, you know, currently with with the way that college sports is kind of going and, and just the mess that they have right now. Um, a lot of questions, you know, a lot more questions right now than they do answers when it comes to, to college sports. Uh, a lot of things that regarding whether the NCAA is going to be, you know, what their governing body is going to look like, how it, you know, the how, you know, college sports is kind of be going to be governed uh, from here on out. So I think, you know, there's a lot of big decisions, um, a lot of big, you know, opportunities, um, specifically around this name and likeness stuff, the expansion of the college football playoff. Um, there's uh, also, you know, player compensation, what all those look like. And I think by, you know, the, the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big Ten all kind of grouping together, it kind of allows them to have some power so that the SEC can't make the decisions for everybody. They don't speak for everybody. It's, 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 you know, they, the, these other schools have the opportunity to, to give their, you know, their play into it. So so, so I was reading, I say, this is simply just to emphasize their common values amongst these three conferences. So that way they can come together on things like, are we going to extend the play? Are we going to extend the playoffs? Um, uh, uh, conference realignment, things like that. Uh, new rules, anything, anything, anything to do with NCAA, you know, things that they're coming up with. They, they wanted to get these three together because they all have similar values and how they, they've done things in the past. So I thought it was a good alliance for them. And and they, they think this will help them be able to, I guess, not run the NCAA, but it definitely gives them a lot more say as opposed to what they would have had, what they would have had if, it, if they wouldn't have got, gotten together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this now this alliance now puts together 40, 40 schools. Yeah. Um, the SEC only has 16. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a lot more a lot more to be said here for, for, the, for the alliance side. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be weird. I don't know. It's, I, I don't think right now it's going to do much for scheduling because you have to remember these schedules have been uh, made out so many years in advance. They're talking – this, this probably won't affect scheduling for another five to 10 years before the Alliance where it kicks okay. in to where they start scheduling each other right. because well, these schools have well, already a couple of so things I was reading is that they said that realignment is not going to be a topic for these three schools. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I don't know how that can't be a topic. Cause like you said, the rest of these, uh, schools like from the big 12, they're going to have to go somewhere. Yeah. I don't... Um, with their losing, you know, losing their two, 
you know, premier teams out of that league. I, I'm afraid that the, the Big 12 is going to fold if they don't, if, you know, they're not going to. I, I, I think it was more of when, when they're talking expansion, they're saying they don't want to potentially poach schools from the Pac-12 to join the Big 10. Or, right. You know, they want to keep the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big 10 intact. Right. When it comes to expansion, they're, they're not afraid to add new members from other conferences outside mm. of this alliance, if, if you will. Uh, but they didn't want to, you know, shoot themselves in the foot by stealing a couple of teams from the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten or yeah. stealing a couple of teams from the ACC to join the Big Ten. And then at the end of the day, you still have that that kind of power struggle where mm-hmm. the SEC mm-hmm. has all the power to right. make these, you know, big decisions, you know, that are that are facing college sports right now. Because, like, the thing I was reading about the Big 12 was that by losing Texas and OU, they their revenues potentially dropped by 50%. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Those a huge two big hit. Money schools. That's a huge hit for them. So, yeah, and I, and I did say that they're, they're going to try to, you know, stop the poaching of teams from different leagues. But um, – and they said that, you know, academic su- success reminds a, remains a priority mm-hmm. for, for, for these three conferences. Um, and also, I know, Matt, you mentioned it, but one thing I did read is that at least two of the teams in the in the uh, in this alliance are not in favor of a twelve team playoff schedule. Oh, okay, yeah, so no, they, they just don't think that that's in the best interest. Going along with that, um, academic success remaining a priority for these schools that they don't think that that is you know because they said that yeah, it's going to extend the season out. There's going to be more games to be played, and these it's going to take away from the education of these. Yeah, because I think they said a, a team if they. If you went all the way to the championship game, you could play seven. I think it was seven. It was like a, it was like an NFL games. season. Yeah. yeah, like seventeen games, and they just don't know how that's going to fit yeah. in with these kids that are still trying to, you know, keep up with their schoolwork. Right, right. But I think at the same time, it also, you know, kind of helps. You know, like Matt said, obviously the scheduling doesn't really come into a play. You know, for a little ways down the road here, but I think it was also a move when they, you know, join this alliance or create this alliance that it allows them to schedule um you know opponents against each other so you can see now you know the big 10 playing an acc school on a regular basis or you know you can see a big 10 team playing the pac-12 you know on a regular basis and they want to keep the rose bowl like the the tradition of the rose bowl on new year's day at five o'clock i think it is that the 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 only issue now that i see that you know i i see with this now we, we talked about it before, you know, on, on previous shows about how top heavy right now college, at least college football right. is mm-hmm. the, by creating these super conferences or these, you know, conferences that only team up with each other, these small schools, what are they, what are they going to yeah, do? I mean, what, what are, what are schools from, from the Mac going to do? What are right. these schools from the, you know, the, the whack, the, you know, all these smaller schools, what's left because them? if you now start changing the schedule to where, you know, the big 10, plays instead of having those kind of tune-up games yeah, early you're on you're not going to get those non-conference games for right. those guys to potentially knock off a big dog to, right. to so, get themselves in so the how do the small schools now compete on the sense of getting national recognition not only to potentially be a, a person that gets sneaks into the playoffs but also TV revenue. for recruiting tv revenue i mean I, I just look out for these for these smaller schools because I, I, you know, graduated from a Mac school. So, you know, I know, you know, that, you know, that they're, they're not competing on the levels of Ohio state, uh, you know, Texas, you know, big Alabama and things like that. So I, I feel like the smaller schools are, are slowly getting pushed out even more, right. even if 
we're talking expansion within the Big Ten, Pac-12 that might absorb some of those teams, they're not going to be able to compete uh, on the same level, even within that conference, because mm-hmm. the, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the you know the Clemsons, the Florida States are all going to soak up the top talent, right. and, and it's it's going to be a mess for these for these. I, yeah, but, I but they already do anyway. Is it really going to change that much? I mean, the, the top still get. I'm all just the saying best from, a, from a money standpoint, also, yeah. you know, are these smaller programs going to be able to? continue i mean i don't know i don't know yeah i think they'll still be able to make enough to, to keep a program alive and I, I think they'll still keep doing what they've been doing and making the best of the three-star athletes that they that they can get and you know turning those three-star guys into what look like five-star guys and competing mm-hmm. I, I think those those coaches at those small schools do a fantastic job of of recruiting the guys that fit their fit their system and and uh you know doing the best they can with what they got and i, and I think they can continue to do that i don't I don't think they'll lose that much money. They, you know, they will lose some of those big games, but I, I think in the end they'll still make enough to, it, to keep them afloat. It seems to me like the NCAA is just kind of losing their death grip that they had on college sports for so mm-hmm. long that mm-hmm. you know they're they're not going to be that monopoly anymore um, that controls everything. And just these schools are, you know, I don't know if you want to call it flexing their muscles, but they know that they bring in the revenue so they hold the cards yeah I mean. right and they, we have that we have the athletes we hold the cards so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out mm-hmm. you know along with what colton said you know with the pay to play stuff where the college athletes are getting endorsement deals and stuff now it just i don't know this is just to me this alliance is one more way that you know these teams are just getting together and saying we're going to do our own thing because we're not happy with the way the NCAA is, is, is running this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I quickly think... becoming not collegiate athlete anymore. It's, it's becoming a professional sport is right. what college is turning into. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think from a, from a, a money standpoint, this Alliance doesn't necessarily make the most sense because they're, because they're operating still as, you know, three separate conferences, but just kind of, you know, coming together to, you know, make a decision on you know these big decisions that are looming they're also missing out on potential revenue as well like like dad hinted at with with the sec adding oklahoma and texas they basically the sec will double up revenue of the acc or or the pac-12 by itself so the sec is is you know whether you like it or not Today's society has become, you know, ruled by the almighty dollar um, and the SEC is no dummy to to that. So they, you know, soaked up the two biggest money grabbers in the Big 12 to boost their revenues while, you know, yes, this new alliance may have political power or, or the power to make some some big decisions. But from a money standpoint, they, yeah. they, they may not, you know, have as much when it comes to money. Um, so it would be interesting yeah. to see how, how it all plays out, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how they kind of formulate this alliance and, and, and what it truly means for the future of, of these three conferences. Yeah, so I wonder with the, with the move of Oklahoma and Texas, if, if that will make the big 12 lose their power five status. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, I've really thought about that myself. I don't know what, I don't know how that's going to work out. Right. Right. I mean, I, I think the, the big 12 is definitely, it, it sunk. I mean, it's, it's done as soon yeah. as Oklahoma. I saw, Texas I lead, saw maybe, uh, and I, I meant to write it down and I got onto something else, went down a rabbit hole when I was doing my homework here. What I meant to write down where they thought if the big 12 did break up where all the teams were going, you know, those couple going to the, 
to the ACC, those couple going to the Big Ten. I think it probably um, makes makes sense. Iowa Ge- State geographically. Iowa probably. State was going to the Big Ten. It was one it makes of sense them. With Iowa, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it was like you know they were kind of breaking them up there a little bit. But, right, uh, right. It'll be interesting, you know. Hopefully that you know this alliance they they do have they can wield some power, you know, to keep the SEC from dominating everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and I think that's the ultimate goal for these three conferences is to you know not let SEC dominate everything like it seems like they have been not only uh, recent college championships but you know they again like we said that it, it's all about money they control the money so they can. They're the ones making the rules. It seems like. Yeah, right. Well, I, this also has a lot to do with with the big network there, ESPN. They, you know, they they kind of run the SEC, and these sure. other schools feel like they're not getting the exposure because they want to play SEC all the time. And so it's, you know, I, I think they they think that by having this power, they can get, you know, a network deal for Fox and, and things like that to have a little more because mm-hmm. they were saying for the playoff games, they're they're upset that the ESPN is. The, the, sole, owner of the, yeah. the sole owner of the playoff games, yeah. they want it to be split up amongst the networks and, and to give more people a shot. At and it. I think you probably could see that if we do expand, you know, with, mm. with only having four teams in it now, that's, you know, three games or whatever. Now, I mean, it's a little bit easier to be a single network or whatever. But I think if we're going to expand to eight, 10, 12 teams, whatever, you know, they want to, I think you're going to have to kind of split right. it up amongst the networks to, to, to kind of, that way, everybody gets gets their time. Gets their television coverage. Yeah. Sure. Well, that way, it can be kind of like the NFL, where they got the NFC that usually plays on what CBS, right? And the right. AFC plays on Fox, right? So, right. I I thought it interesting that that said they wouldn't poach schools from each other's conference. Didn't say about anything about poaching schools from other conferences. Yeah, that so. that's what I was, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of talking about. I think, yeah, they they don't want to, you know, shoot themselves in the foot by you know taking you know taking power away from either three of these conferences, but they definitely are not, you know, opposed to expanding at the same time. Um, but outside of these conferences, who's really left to take? I mean, the big, the, you know, the few of the, the big, big 12, one that comes to mind big, is Notre Dame that's right. still out there as an independent. Yeah. I don't think this really changed. I mean, I think they'll stay an independent. Yeah. Forever. I don't know what, I, I, I don't know. It makes sense to me for them to kind of join in this alliance because they already play a bunch like they, you know, that would kind of restore their rivalry against Michigan, who's in the Big Ten. It would, right. They well, already play a bunch of teams from the ACC. They, they did say as part of this alliance, they kind of count them as an ACC school because if you have them scheduled, you don't have to schedule an ACC school. Okay. So okay. They are counting them towards the ACC for okay. scheduling. Okay. So they're okay. kind of honorary member. Double dipping or, you know, whatever you want to call it, I guess. Yeah, they're they're inducted by, you know, I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, going to be interesting to see how these how this – whole alliance thing plays out and yeah. how yeah. you know who controls the you know amongst these three conferences who's kind of in control or how, how do they come to a consensus amongst these yeah I'll, I'll be interested to see if they can really all get on the same page uh, yeah. because they were so different just even with just the COVID stuff last year sure all right all right yeah. so. all right well very good that's that's good good talk fellas um let's move on to the NBA the the season's out for the 75th uh, season of the NBA um, looking forward to that. There was some big moves that we talked about a few a few shows ago. You know, free agent signings. Um, 
Matt, tell me some of the games in the early part of the season that you're looking forward to. I'll, I'll just start with one. That, that way we can all get a couple out here. I've okay. got five written down. So right. we'll just we'll start at the beginning of the season here. The Nets versus Bucks, October 19th. I got that one yep. on my on my book <laughs> yeah, as The well. Nets will be back to full strength, and they're going to be looking to prove that that championship last year should have been theirs, not the Bucks. So yeah. I think it'll be an entertaining yeah, game. I think that's going to be awesome to watch. Uh, you know, you get – Irving, Harden, and Durant. If you know when they the few games that they did play together, man, they look like they they could really do some damage. Yeah. Um. You know, of course, that it, it, it just didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. So, right. um. You know, Durant's coming off a gold medal in the Olympics, where he, you know, pretty much we all agreed carried the Olympic team. Um. You know, is that is that going to hurt him health wise? You know, not having the recovery time. I don't think so. He's been a guy that's been pretty healthy. Um, you know, the ones, uh, the one I obviously worry about is Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the games I had starred on my paper as well, Matt. Yeah, yeah and, uh, you know, just kind of go a little bit, uh, you know, they, they are going to play a full 82-game season, so we're back to, you know, normal NBA. At this point. Yeah, they're, they're going to, you know, start, you know, with 82 games. Um, you know, that's what well, they're they schedule. keeping that play-in format. And, and they right? are also the keeping playoffs. the play-in tournament, which is has been, I think, a, a good thing that yeah, they've added. And I think well. it, I like it. I think like it's it. something that has worked for the NBA mm-hmm. to keep it sure. interesting all the way to the end. Um, right. And, and definitely keep teams playing harder. All right. The way through. I, I don't think the, obviously the players have had, you know, some words to say about it, about, you know, not liking it or, you know, whatever. But from a fan standpoint, I, I think it's been good for, for the NBA. But don't you, I mean, don't you want to go out and compete every night? Yeah. I mean, I know that's easy for me to say. I'm not playing 82 <laughs> games of basketball a year, but, right. um, you know, don't you want to go out and compete every night? Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that's, that's hard for me to understand. But it's, uh, you know, also kind of interesting just looking at the schedule, um, the, the, the amount of traveling that the teams will do is actually significantly less than what it normally is. So on average, um, at least two years ago when we were a normal, you know, normal situation, a team um, averaged about 46,000 miles um, traveled throughout, you know, throughout the NBA. Give me them frequent flyer miles. Yeah, right. so, some of them obviously, you know, some teams a little bit more, some a little bit less, but on average about 46,000 miles. This 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 season so far, um, you know, the average is about forty three thousand miles. So a lot, you know, three thousand miles less uh, of travel time. So that's you know going to be interesting. Um, you know, that that's actually a record of the lowest amount. You know, on average travel, you know, since the NBA's been been around. Um, so interesting. Uh, it, it's going to be you know interesting to see how that how that works out. But um, you know, a game that I kind of have have circled here um, is is March six, so a little bit later in the season, and that's mm-hmm. uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the the Suns travel to Milwaukee to you know it's a rematch of the NBA Finals. Yeah, so yeah, I, I got the same game uh, yeah. February tenth though. Bucks and okay, Suns. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you know the Suns go back to back to Milwaukee to you know try to see if that championship was legit. Yeah. You know, try to get their revenge. See, kind of gauge. Is this Suns team really a team that's going to stick around, or was last yeah, year kind of a fluke for fans. them, or you know whatever? But uh, you know we we talk about that Nets team, and they actually open up as um, the favorite, highest highest win total. Mm-hmm. So right now Vegas has them slotted at fifty four and a half wins um, for for the season, and they're sitting there at the at the top. So you know you're basically mm-hmm. picking. Over 54 and a half, so you're basically saying they're going to win 55 games or you're going under that they're going to win 54 or less, um, 
which would be about uh right around like a 70% win win percentage if if you you know calculate it out. Pretty um, solid. I wonder, I wonder what the money on that is cuz I think that sounds like an easy over really. I mean, you look at the record being 72 and or no 73 and 9 is yeah, that what yeah. the Warriors Yeah, the Warriors. Yeah. So I mean, that that's a that's a lot more games to win. I, I feel like they could be in the be in the 60s somewhere yeah the, the, yeah, the bucks are sitting down. sitting second there with uh they're they're slotted at 53 and a half so you know nba champs you know uh last year's nba champs are actually below below the nets by by one game um and then next comes the lakers the 76ers and the jazz are all kind of tied for third at 51 and a half um and the Suns, who, you know, was an NBA Finals team, they come in right behind those three teams at 50, 50 and a half. They're, they're the last team that's scheduled or, you know, the last team that, that Vegas thinks could possibly win 50 or more more games. Um, but then we, we flip it over to the other side about the teams that may not be so good next year. And, and, and the Thunder come in with the lowest win possible win win total you know according to vegas they come in at 22 and a half wins wow. um so over under 22. that's a bad season and i mean i guess you can't really say that that's that's bad because the thunder right now are in like full rebuild mode they're right. they got right. like 20 first round picks in the next What's, three drafts. i was trying to was it the pistons that had the worst they had the worst record or, or pick number one last you know this past draft. No, no, so, no. I'm trying to say and uh, set the record for the worst worst season. Wasn't it the Pistons a few years ago? I yeah, I'm not sure. I'm um, trying to remember. I know the Cavs have been historically bad here. You know, five six years ago, and uh, you know when they when they kind of had back to back number one picks there for a while. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then right behind them are uh, the the Thunder for possible worst you know season are the Orlando Magic at 23 and a half mm. wins. Um, but kind of, you know, another game I kind of circled on my list was um, kind of at the beginning of the season, November 10th, the uh, the Pistons travel to Houston. It's number one pick in this past year's draft versus number two pick. So yeah. it's Cade Cunningham going up against Jalen Green there. And sure. It was they actually, fun to see those guys battle. Yeah, out. and they actually played each other once here in the in the NBA Summer League, and it was it was good basketball to what? They were going back and forth at each other. Uh, they, they both kind of – play similar styles or kind of play the same same position so a lot of times they're matching up directly against each other so that's that's you know kind of nice to nice to see Mm -hmm. but uh Mm -hmm. you know it'll it'll be see you know interesting to see how they you know kind of lead their teams because both of those teams that they're leading are going through rebuild Rebuild. they're hoping they're going to be they're going to be the 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 players that they build the franchise around right right right. so that that's a game that i also have have circled on my and that they'll also face off again um in detroit on december 18th so they'll get to play each other a couple times in the season i had another game uh you know that first one that you talked about matt was on the 19th of uh october yeah i got one on the 21st and it's it's the bucks again two days later Mm -hmm. they play the heat Okay. I'm yeah. looking forward to see how, you know, the that addition of Kyle Lowry down there in right. Miami, if that's the if that's the piece that they've been missing to kind of get them over back in, you know, they're they've been a playoff team, but you know, just to get them back in, you know, the thick of maybe a fine Eastern Conference finals talk. So mm-hmm. and I think that's two days after the season starts. So it's an early test to see right. where what kind of heat team is this going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Are, they, are they gelling from the beginning? Or right. Not? Are, are they contenders sure. or are they pretenders? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's definitely yeah going to be a nice early test for them to no, see. I think we did learn this year that those early season games didn't mean so much because the Nets looked absolutely awful yeah, at the right. of the season. Right. By the end of the season, yeah, they, they were hitting on all cylinders. Right, right. Uh, um, you know, that's – yeah, it'll be interesting to see how – yeah, all the – 
all the pieces kind of gel. They they had a little bit of a more stable kind of off season, or you know, um, you know, being able to get together and actually practice compared to the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be you know an, an interesting thing for them um, to see how how well that they actually will gel there down mm-hmm. in Miami. So. Okay. Yeah, and then I, I threw all... three other ones on here real okay. quick. I got a uh, Suns at Lakers October twenty second. I think <laughs> I had that one as well, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a good gauge to see if the new look Lakers are really contenders or pretenders, right. and I think it'll be good to see if the Suns are really out to make another run this year. Yeah, if they're healthy, I think that's going to you know, and I, and by all by all accounts, they're supposed everybody's supposed to be ready to go by then. You know, Anthony Davis and everybody and everybody's supposed to be healthy by that game. So. Yeah, that, that one I had circled as well. Um, it'll be interesting, like you said, to see the the additional pieces that the Lakers went out and got. Are they going to be able to, you know, be back in the thick of things out there in the West? But again, it's it's early. But you know, I, I'm looking early because you just never know what's going to happen. Back, right. like Colton said, back that. to an 82 game schedule. You, you know, you know the injury bug's going to raise its ugly head, and you know, so it's going to be how these teams adapt going forward. And I've got a December 25th. I got the Nets at the Lakers, a potential NBA Finals preview there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. No. I love those Christmas Day games. That's oh, a yeah. big, that's a big thing at the Cowell household is uh, watching the NBA games on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, yeah. and then the last one I got circled. I have the uh, Nets at the Warriors on January 29th. This, this is going to be the first time that Durant faces a fully healthy yeah. Warriors team. That, mm. that means Clay Thompson's going to be back, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. So it's going to show was was Durant. What, what's the date on that one, Matt? January, That's January 29th. 29th. Yeah, because I think Clay saying or well or the trainers or the team saying he's not actually supposed to be back until Christmas Day. Yeah, because okay. they they do play earlier in the season, but mm-hmm. that wasn't one that was talked about. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and it's also an opportunity. This will be the first time now that Durant's going back to Golden State, where there will actually be fans in attendance at Oracle. We'll Arena. see what so his reception's see like. See what yeah, what the fans kind of you know reception is um, to to him coming back. Um, so we'll see. Will the Boo Birds or you know be out in full force, or right. will they greet him with you know? you know, in arms, you know, clapping, you know, be happy. It'll be interesting to see sure. what, what, you know, how the team takes it from a player's standpoint yeah. and how the fans, you know, take it as well. So, and, and, you know, I've never, I'm not a big Golden State fan, but I am looking forward to them getting healthy again, getting Clay Thompson back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, they, they do have some good ball players out there. I'm not a fan, but I, I hate to see a team, you know, in a, in a, in a, good ball player like Clay Thompson, you know, it, it affecting the team and affecting his career because of a, you know, a serious injury like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Very good. We ready to move on to some football talk. Yes, sir. So. All right. Very good. Well, like Colton said, we got the NFC Norse division. Uh, um, we kind of split it up, you know, I'll, I'll wait because my, my team's got some big questions. Okay. Uh, all right. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to ask your guys' help uh, and opinions on, on the team that I got, but Colton will let you start out. Yeah. So the team I'm going to, going to start us off with here is the uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings there in the NFC North. So, uh, you know, last year uh, coach Mike Zimmer called his defense, one of the worst he's ever coached in the history of of coaching. Um, And, and and for good reasons, Um, the defense, you know, at the same time, while, you know, they didn't perform well, they also were decimated by, by injuries last year. Um, They had, at one point, they had an undrafted rookie playing playing a game, the, the seventh different linebacker that they had playing wow. in a game. So 
injury bug just decimated their team last year, but their, their, their defense ranked number one in points and yards allowed in 2017. So they gave up the, the fewest amount of points and the fewest amount of yards, you know, only, you know, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Last year, they ranked 29th in points allowed and 27th in yards allowed. So oh definitely my. not the standard that they were used to. And, and right. you know, why the, the comments from Mike Zimmer calling it the worst defense that he's ever, you know, coached. And definitely not the purple people eaters anymore. Right, right. So, you know, definitely the, the defense – it's going to be, it's getting healthy this year. You know, they're going to have everybody that was injured back, you know, back for this upcoming year. Um, they add corner Patrick Peterson, who was a stud corner there in Arizona. They add him in the off season to kind of shore up their secondary. Be interesting to see how, how he, how he does, how he fits into the scheme there in Minnesota. Um, but on the, on the flip side, they're talking about the, about the offense. Um, I think the shoulders kind of, kind of lot rely or, you know, are, are kind of on, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, they, they paid Minnesota paid him a big, you know, big contract to, to bring him over from from Washington. And it's been met with kind of inconsistent results. There, there's times where he has shown he can be kind of that franchise QB. But there have been times, especially late in games or in clutch situations that he's kind of kind of faded or, or not been there for for them. You know, um, though, I'll take a phrase from Denny Green. He is what we thought he was, though. That, that's how he was in Washington. Right. He's always been that inconsistent. He'll shine and look great at times, mm-hmm. and other times he'll be awful. Yeah, yeah. So I think definitely because, uh, you know, I think he has to play with a little bit more consistency and, and cut the turnovers. Um, last year, he threw 10, inter- 10 interceptions in the first six games. Ouch. But then, you know, we like like the consistency we've been talking about, he only threw three in the final 10 games. So, you know, he, he has the tools or he knows what he needs to get, you know, get it done. It's whether can he actually, you know, get it done. Can he keep a consistent, you know, play and, and, and you know, keep his, uh, you know, he, he's got a lot of talent there on the offensive side of the ball in star running back Dalvin Cook. He's got a, a nice, you know, piece, uh, second year wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, who was a phenomenal rookie last year. Uh, so he's and he's and he's also got a big red zone threat in wide receiver Adam Thielen. So he has the pieces around him to be to be good. He just has to has to show it in those kind of clutch clutch moments. Um, and I think Minnesota, they're they're kind of a a borderline five hundred team. I think that they're going to probably finish. I, I think they're going to give the Packers kind of a run for their money here in the NFC North. I think that they. They get over the hump. They they you know win enough games that they'll just you know sneak into the playoffs as kind of a wild card mm-hmm. team. I think. Okay. Very good. All right, Matt. Who you got? Yeah, I got the uh, Chicago Bears, and uh, I'll go over some additions and subtractions for this team. They added in the offseason a uh, quarterback Andy Dalton, cornerback Desmond Trufant, wide receiver Allen Robinson resigned, uh, defensive end Mario Edwards resigned, uh, cornerback Artie Burns resigned. They drafted Justin Fields as quarterback in the first round. And they also drafted an offensive lineman, Tevin Jenkins, in the second round. In the offseason, they lost uh, their quarterback, who was their franchise quarterback, and Mitchell Trubisky, but didn't you know, ever really give them the results they were looking for. Uh, they lost defensive end Roy Robertson-Harris, uh, actually one of their better kick returners in the NFL, uh, kick returner C- Cordell Patterson. And they lost uh, outside linebacker Barkevius Mingo. Uh, so the Bears have already made the decision for the for at least the first week anyway that Andy Dalton's going to be their starting quarterback. Uh, I don't know that that's the direction that's going to get you a lot of wins this year. I I was looking at this more as uh, with with Fields as their quarterback. Looking at their schedule, I predicted anywhere from seven to nine wins. I think if Dalton's your guy, you're looking at closer to that seven. If Fields your guy, I think 
you could, you could be up at nine, maybe even surprised with 10, 10 wins this year. When do you think field, you know, what, what week are you think? When's he ready? Yeah. We, we, I, cause this one when is just, they a, calling it's, it's just a head right. scratcher for me. I, I don't really understand, you know, Dalton has never really, hasn't shown the flashes that he had in Cincinnati right. that he was, you know, so good there in Cincinnati. He hasn't really shown that, you know, was with the Cowboys last year and had to, you know, make a surprise start with Dak going down, right. uh, but didn't really show enough for me in, in Dallas to say, man, I think this guy still has a little bit left in the tank. Yeah. Um, I, I don't look for Dalton to last any longer than three, three, four weeks in, and then I mm-hmm. think it's going to be the field show. And, yeah. and that, that's, I think that could even be stretching it. I think it could be week two or three right because that that defense the bears defense is, is right. tenacious yeah, they, there's they so have, much talent on that defensive yeah. side they got to get that offense up to par right so you don't they, they can win games right. they can be in a lot of games right. you don't want to wait too long and put right. yourself and, out and, of the playoffs yeah. you know and, and so i i think yeah it's definitely going to be interesting to see you know way of how they navigate you know when right. when is the time to bring fields i mean in the second preseason game the bears the chicago atmosphere that you know those fans in chicago they don't wait too long. You know, their team gets gets down. The Boo Birds were already out in the preseason right. game. They were booing Andy Dalton off the field. And so I don't know how long it's going to uh, I will say it was nice to see Justin Fields stand up for, for his, his mentor right mm-hmm. now in Andy mm-hmm. Dalton and say, you know, that, that's not really fair. You're not even giving this guy a shot. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it's good to see that he, he cares about and his I, teammate in that respect. And I, and I think that's – yeah, I agree. That's a wise move on his part. And I think – Actually, you know, as much as a competitor as Justin Fields is, I think he'd like to see Andy come in and perform pretty well and maybe to give him just a little bit more time. Right. And I think that'd be good for him as well. I hope, you know, Dalton can come out and um, play halfway decent. And, you know, even if he plays the whole season and Justin doesn't get to play till next year, I'm okay with that move. Um, These I guys always seem to perform so much better when they don't have to start right away. Right, I guys. agree. Just give them more time to learn the system and come. You know, it's it's a you know whole different whole different ball game out here. You know, you're playing against the best of the best, and you know as much success as Justin Fields had, you know, at Ohio State, he's he's going up against you know the premier athletes in the world here now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a little more time, the speed to realize the speed that these guys are playing at. I think is the big thing I see with quarterbacks and for, for him to sit on the bench behind a veteran like um, Andy Dalton for one, for one season will, will not hurt him. It won't hurt him at all. Well, and you know, fields did obviously uh, put, put the, uh, the, uh, the target square on his back there when he said after the first preseason game, Oh, this this was actually kind of slow for me. Yeah, you know? the speed is slower than what I anticipated. <laughs> right. So I, I think uh, a lot of people raised some eyebrows there, and I <laughs> right. think there's going to be a lot of people after him. So yeah, you know, yeah. it might be good that let that wear off a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks with Andy Dalton yeah. in there and let guys forget before he gets it. his yeah. welcome to the NFL right. moment or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So all right, all right. Well, I got the Green Bay Packers, and everybody knows what's going. Well. Nobody really knows what's going on in Green Bay. Yeah. You know, not only do we have the Aaron Rodgers thing that nobody knows where that's going to land, they still, they also still haven't re-signed Devontae Adams yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the most productive tandem in 2020, those two mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how – I read a I read an article from an agent that he wouldn't – he wouldn't, wouldn't give his name. He said, but dealing with the Packers is like dealing with teams from the 1960s. He said <laughs> – it's such an antiquated process. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, he said it's just it's just frustrating trying to get any any deal done with with Green Bay. So 
I don't know, I guess so. But a lot of my predictions, I guess I'm going to make with the thought that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there and is going to play. So, so bear with me if, if I pick him to, to win the conference and <laughs> yeah. cause I'm, I'm going down the depth chart um, on their QB list. And, you know, Jordan Love obviously was a big name that they picked up, but you know, after that you got Blake Bortles yeah. and then Kurt Benkert. I'd never even heard of this guy <laughs> Yeah, and Jake Dolagala. Dolagal, you know, he came from like central Connecticut or something. I don't, you know, and, and nothing against those guys. I'm sure they're, they're great athletes, but you know, to, to lead a they're team. Not, they're not household names. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Like and, you know, and you're obviously. coming, you know, coach, probably not leading you to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Coach LaFleur, you know, he's coming off two seasons at 13 and three, you know, there's, there's high expectations for this team. Yeah, I mean, they were um, probably one play away from playing for the, the Super Bowl. Right. So. Right. right. It, you know, they got the other Aaron, Aaron Jones, are running back coming back. You know, he, he ran for over 1,100 yards last year, five and a half yards of carry. Yeah. Um, you know, and they got a, a really good young tight end coming on, that uh, Robert Tanyan, oh, yeah. uh, 586 yards, 11 TDs. But uh, the big stat was they threw at him 59 times and he caught 52 of them. Ah, that's yeah. pretty good. That, that's yeah. what you want in, in a tight end. Right. So, sure, right. sure hands. So, um, you know. Like I said, Rogers coming back. He's a reigning MVP. Thirteen years at the helm. Ten years took him to the playoffs. Uh, you and, know. and I think you know why Devonte Adams is kind of on the fence of signing a new deal with the Packers is because he doesn't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Yeah, I, I don't even think Green Bay knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. If they're smart, they talk him into a one year, just play this year, and then we'll look at it again next year. You're right. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things that. You know, first it was Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for the Packers. I want to be out of there. Then he, you know, comes back. He's, you know, said, I'm going to give this, you know, a one-year, you know, kind of my last last run here. Last uh, hurrah in yeah, Green Bay. In Green Bay. But then, you know, I was hearing something a, a few weeks ago that this may not be the last year yeah. in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. So I think that they, yeah, have, have just brought up so many questions that a lot of these key free agents for the Packers – they don't want to, you know, potentially sign long-term deals because they don't know where the future is headed for, right. you know, when it comes to the most, probably one of the most important positions at the, you know, the NFL and at the QB position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they say think, love just still has shown absolutely nothing with these guys either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just don't think that green Bay is ready to, I, I think the experiment that they were hoping that this Jordan love thing was going to work out may be backfiring them on, uh, you know, at them, at the moment, right. I just don't think Jordan Love is quite ready to take over this team and be that true leader that Aaron Rodgers has been for the last, you know, 13 sure. seasons. And the question me. is, if he's not ready now, is he ever going to be ready? Right. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, and, and, you know, there's some other questions. I think not only Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, but uh, their left tackle, Pro Bowler David Bakhtiari, he's coming off a pretty serious knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um if they can get him back, they got a pretty strong offensive line. They got Elton Jenkins coming back at uh, left guard. Um, you know, so they did so replace their center in the offseason. They did. They drafted yeah. the guy out of yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. 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 Um, their defense got a preseason ranking of 12, mm-hmm. which is pretty solid. They got a new D coordinator this year. Yeah. He was the, uh, it's Joe Barry. He was assistant head coach, linebacker coach for the Rams. Of course, we know the defense that the Rams had. So, right. you know, pretty good pedigree there. So, they don't um, have Aaron Donald in Green Bay, though. Yeah, they, don't, that. they don't have a monster that. like that. Yeah, um, but uh, with, like I said, with with the thought that Aaron Rodgers is going to re-sign and he's going to play, 
um, I got Green Bay winning the NFC North, going 13-4. and four. All right, all right. Well, we'll wrap it up then with the NFC North, talking about the team that probably going to finish at the bottom of, of the standing. And that's wow. – it has been historically pretty bad as a franchise, you know, the, in recent, in recent years. Um, and that's that's the Detroit Detroit Lions. Um, last year, they, you know, finished 5-11 and 11 at the bottom of the NFC North. They – have made, you know, some change. They made changes at head coach, fired Matt Patricia, you know, and then they also fired their general manager who also came over from the Patriots. So the kind of Bill Belichick tree of, of coaching or, you know, the Patriots way of, of coaching or, you know, how to run an organization didn't pan out in, in Detroit, never, you know, really came to fruition, never really, you know, got the, the, the type of players or he never really worked out the way that Detroit was hoping it would. So now they bring in new head coach Dan Campbell, and mm-hmm. you know I, I'm enthusiastic about about the Lions uh, because I think that this guy, yeah, he brings a lot of passion, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of fire up yeah, there, enthusiasm He's, to this yeah. to this Detroit team. Uh, the problem is though, they're they're still lacking so much talent at, at a lot of the a lot of key positions. Right. They do bring in new quarterback. Um, they traded. You know, during the offseason, they traded for QB, former number one overall pick, Jared Goff from the Rams. Mm-hmm. They send their former franchise quarterback, Matthew Stafford, to the Rams and get Jared Goff, who, you know, it, at one point led the Rams to a Super Bowl, right. you know, a Super Bowl appearance. So he's not, you know, he's capable of doing doing the right things. Does um, he have enough weapons around Yeah, but I, I just don't think he has – he has similar weapons. He has some weapons, and 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 on on that Rams team. Yeah, so. yeah. I just think he they're they're and it didn't help that their two biggest receivers left in free agency too. John so, Senior, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, so uh, they didn't do him any favors. Uh, they they you know still have a couple of wide receivers there on the roster. They did draft a wide receiver in the fourth round, but mm-hmm. they just have a lot of guys that haven't proven themselves or haven't really put up the numbers to say, yeah, I'm putting my faith in in the Lions wide right. receiver group here. And even on the defensive side of the ball, they they have, you know, just a lot of pieces that, you know, I don't I don't think really fit any particular scheme. They just have a bunch of guys that fit a lot of different schemes. Mm-hmm. They don't they, they haven't really focused on what is their identity per right. se. So I, I look for this team to maybe win three, maybe four games next year and, and be headed for another top five. Yeah, pick, look, so. looking at the schedule, I, I said anywhere from three to six wins for this team. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Is that uh... – is that all we got? There? So we're thinking. So it's probably, probably thinking the the Vikings are going to be the only one to really give Green Bay a a, a run at that NFC North. Um, I think the Bears could it, if all, know, if they yeah. play to their max a bit with that defense the Bears have. I, I think they're they going to definitely keep them in game. Yeah. So it, it could be one of those things where the Bears, because of their stout defense, they could either be a team that that wins those close games right. and is you know sitting there you know towards the top of the division or. They lose those close games, yeah. and they're and they're sitting towards the the bottom. It's going to be a real. It's going to come down to the so, quarterback play. Yeah. It, okay. If Dalton, even if Dalton plays like he did in Cincinnati, they yeah. could win a lot of those games. True right. that. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys want to get into some QB talk since we're still talking about the NFL yeah. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, we saw it, no surprise to anyone. Trevor Lawrence was named starter this week. Uh, right the day after they found out that ETN was done for the season already. Yeah. So, I mean, good news and bad news, I guess, for for uh, for him, for that young man. You know, he's, he's losing one of his weapons already, but he is going to be a starter. So, right. um, you know, I, I don't think this was a surprise to anybody. 
the hype that's followed Trevor Lawrence for the last two, three years in college. Um, you know, Urban got the guy he wanted. So, and I, I'm really hoping for big things for this kid. I hope, I hope he doesn't, you know, he's not just a shining star that burns out real quick. I, I, I'm another, hoping another David Carr. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if they, if they can protect him and give him some time to throw, he's got a good arm. He's a smart kid. He's, he's got the physical abilities. He's, you know, he's got that, that quarterback height, the NFL quarterback height. So, you know, I, I hope it goes. I hope it goes well for him. Yeah, the the only stat that I do worry about, and and we go back to David Carr about how atrocious you know his offensive lines were there in, in Houston. So far in two preseason games, Trevor Lawrence has been uh, pressured on thirty seven percent of his oh, drop. That's a lot. That, that's you know almost four times out of ten he's right. getting pressure from somebody. That's so bad. that's a lot. I, I just hope that you know maybe the the regular season you know things will be different, but you know. So far through the preseason, it hasn't hasn't looked good for that Jaguars offensive line. So I, I don't see how it could get much better though, because preseason people keep things pretty vanilla, you know. Mm-hmm. So when they start really throwing some right. exotic some, some defenses at them, and yeah. things like yeah. that, it yeah. could get I, even worse. Yeah, I just hope yeah. that, I just hope he can stay healthy because we saw what happened to Joe Burrow, you know, mm-hmm. number one pick from last year, you know, two two drafts was ago, lighting it on fire. He was yeah, really, you know, having a great year, and then all it took was one hit, yep. and he, you know, was done. And, and and now, you know, that I just hope that that's not the same. You know, history doesn't repeat itself with with Trevor Absolutely. Trevor Lawrence. Again, he I, gets the opportunity to really shine the whole season to right. really have a full season to 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 get better every True. every week. This this case, I'm really I'm less surprised that Lawrence is a starter than I am that they didn't get rid of Minshew, because mm. I, I I really I think it, in this case with Lawrence being your clear cut starter, you don't want somebody there to the fans to be breathing down your neck all all the time, you know. Oh well, he's not playing good. Replace him. Get him out here. You yeah. Know? I I think I think and they've had they had people that wanted Minshew. Mm. I mean, there were people that. I think uh, was I think the, somebody said the Colts made some calls on him after mm-hmm. their quarterback went down mm-hmm. with, with the knee problem. Yeah. So you know I, I I'm surprised they didn't make a move to if if they knew that Lawrence was going to be their guy that they didn't make a move to let Minshew go somewhere. But I else. mean, but on the other hand, I mean, you got to keep at least keep a somewhat of a quality backup around. I yeah. Mean, and I think it's kind of interesting you, you say that, Matt, because uh, actually uh, Minshew not only you know was he competing for that starting spot, but now. He's competing for the backup spot. He really has not played all that well in this preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17 of 19 for 196 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and actually one of those in- interceptions in the in the end zone. Yeah. Um, and actually, the backups backup, the third stringer, right. has actually played better than he is than he has. So it, it's one of those things that you know he he was looking to possibly be the starter, but now he's almost and fighting for his team. fighting for his yeah. job to be on the team. So. You know, it maybe there if there is teams calling, it might be a good time to 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 move him because you may not get as much with right. him now. Sure. You know, that's, you that's know. Good so point. I, I think it's good yeah. Interesting From what I heard, it was only Indy that was calling, and mm-hmm. now that they're the the quarterback's back over there, I right. I, I doubt they're still interested. At this they, point. They'll somebody will will pick him up because he like you said he's he's he can be a decent backup QB yeah. and, and and you know a, a mm-hmm. decent piece. That if yeah your starter does go down, he he's will got be an able awesome to, you know, stat. Yeah, we'll be able to. Oh, that's that's <laughs> for sure. Um, he'll be able to step in there and 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 you know 
help your team out, I right, think. Right. So what else you got for quarterback news, fellas? Yeah. So the other, you know, QB kind of announcement this week was uh Teddy Bridgewater uh getting the starting job there there in Denver. Matt, Matt what's your kind of thoughts on that? I, I didn't really think that was a question coming in. I mean he was competing with Drew Locke and uh who's the other guy who's complete uh, i'm not sure i know, I know there Locke was, was the big one yeah but, it was the direct competition yeah i mean Locke hasn't proved anything the entire time he's been in the nfl yeah we, we thought Br- about bridgewater's at least had some success yeah. so I, I didn't really think it was going to end up a question anyway. yeah i think it came down to uh it's so far in the in the preseason um bridgewater has led four offensive position uh, offensive possessions in two preseason games completed 84% of his passes wow. and scored three touchdowns and one field goal. So in every single possession that he's led the first they've team scored. offense, they've scored points. So that's pretty impressive. I, that, that's that to me, you know, and, and on the flip side, Drew Locke hasn't been as, as consistent. Um, a, a lot of kind of punts, three and outs type yeah. deal ha, right. has played better or showed some flashes. But mm-hmm. I think at the, at least for the start of the season, Bridgewater has shown, you know, the, clear the, potential, cut the potential that yeah. he has there, there in yeah. Denver. So. Well, I've also even said the last few weeks, you know, these preseason stats, we can't read too much right. into right. any of those. Stats yeah. Because- I got screwed on my blazing bet last week. I had a team that was down by four points. They were, the spread was four and a half and they got the ball drove down to the 20 yard line with a chance to kick a field goal with 30 seconds left. And they just let the clock. Run. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, a, a bad beat there. Yeah. So I, I took a bum rap on that one, but yeah, these preseason games. Yeah. You can maybe get a feel for what guys can do, but you never know what, what team they're playing with mm-hmm. or what team they're playing against. Yeah. You know, you can bring a QB in and he's playing against the other team's second string defense right. and he looks like a superstar. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to gauge, you know, we're not seeing, we're not seeing the stuff that's happening every day in practice. And I think right. that's where, that's where a lot of times the coaches make their decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, talking about your blazing bets, we're going to now move over All to right. our blazing bets. Oh, a good segue. Yeah, uh, we'll All get, right. we'll get, get on the, the path here. All so right. Dad, well, what you got for I us? I got the Dodgers and the Padres. All right. Game later tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Dodgers are hot right now, and they got their ace on the mound. They got Scherzer. The Dodgers are hot, and the Padres are not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Scherzer's up 11-4 and four with a 265 ERA. Um, they're just coming off these two teams played 16 innings last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's with the, you know, the new rules where they're putting a guy on second. That's almost unheard of yeah, anymore they, to go. The game went until – 4 a.m. Eastern time. So yeah, it, yeah. That, that's crazy. So, <laughs> now, so the you know you got to hope that you're getting a good solid start out of your starter tonight because I'm sure the they went deep into their bullpens <laughs> last night. They're putting uh, outfielders in there. Yeah, they can yeah, so, just get the ball up across the plate kind of deal. Yeah, and uh, uh, the Padres got you Darvish. You know he, he's not the ace that he's been in past years. He's seven and seven. We still got a decent ERA at three point seven. Um, the spread is the Dodgers, um, a point and a half. They're given a point and a half. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Dodgers to cover. Well, I'm even going to give you a score, six to three. Six to three. All right. All right. Well, I'm sticking and sticking into the NFL preseason here. They're on week three, the final week of, of preseason. I, I absolutely nailed mine last week, picking the Patriots by a point and a half. They wind up winning by a score of thirty-five to nothing. So <laughs> I, I more than covered the spread there. But uh, actually, I'm going this week. I got the Baltimore Ravens, who are two and zero so far in the preseason, going up against the Washington Football Team, who are one and one so far in the preseason. Uh, that game is uh, Saturday, uh, six p.m. Eastern time. 
The Ravens, uh, the, the line has kind of been changing, but the last time I saw it, it was three, three and a half. The Ravens are favored. Um, but kind of an interesting stat that I that I found, the Ravens have actually won 19 straight preseason games, uh, hmm. which is ties the record of the Packers from 1959 to 1962. Hmm. So this is a record that's been kind of, you know, held for a long time and they actually, you know, are tied right now. And if they win this game, they will break the record. Huh. Well, fellas, I'm taking history here. <laughs> I'm saying the Ravens get it done. Washington quarterback play has not been consistent it's for them. Even good. with Ryan Fitzpatrick has not been consistent. Not been uh, used to what we're seeing, you know, out of Fitz, Fitz magic there. Uh, I like the Ravens to to cover the, the points at three and a half and and to win the game. So that's right. that's who I'm going with. All right, Matt, what you got? Yeah, I got my bet last week out of the MLB when I took the uh, Oakland A's to beat the White Sox. So I'm sticking with the MLB this week and uh, sticking with the game that the A's are playing. And got the, the Yankees at Oakland tomorrow night at uh, 8, 10 p.m. The Yankees are 74 and 52 on the season. The A's are 70 and 57. Uh, the Yankees have Garrett Cole on the mound. He's got a 2.92 ERA and 12 and 6 on the year. Uh, the Athletics have Sean Manera on the mound at 3.77 ERA in 8 and 8 on the season. The the biggest difference between these two teams right now is the Yankees are 10 and 0 in their last 10 games. The Oakland are Athletics hot. are yeah, think, 2 and 8. Yeah, I think our uh, kind of our prediction of the Yankees not making the playoffs, I think, is gonna <laughs> yeah, really that's out the window. Crack, crack an egg on our head because yeah, that's yeah. Uh, we blew that one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the Yankees right now they're they're red hot and getting healthy when it matters. The A's are sliding and uh they need a they need a W in a bad way to stay in this wild card hunt. But I think with Garrett Cole on the mound for the Yankees and the way the Yankees are playing so well, I don't look for them to slow down. I, I'm taking the Yankees in this one. Oh, All right, very good. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching, but uh we still the Ohio still has their team in the Little League World Series. They're actually playing right now against a team from California, so you know, good luck to the other from Hamilton, right? Yeah, Hamilton, Ohio. Down, yeah, down so there, uh, good luck to them. Those, those young men tonight. Yeah, so, absolutely. all right. Well, uh, I think we're going to, we're going to call it quits for tonight. We're going to, I think we're going to come at you at Wednesday next week. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be back in the basement here and uh, we'll bring you some more stuff, more, more NFL news. Uh, Colton, you want to sign us out? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to fired up with your host, Colton Cal, Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Uh, we, you know, we hope you enjoyed our episode, you know, this week. Um, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or just have a burning sports question, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. That is uh, fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook. Um, if you search for fired up uh, comma sports podcast, you'll find, you know, find our Facebook page. Um, and as always, you can head over to fired up one dot podbean.com to check out all of our past episodes and some other links to important information about about the show. So we, we thank you for listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.